Galaxy of Film presents. Then fucking go! What's up, y'all? This is Dakari Holder coming at you live right about now from podcasting territory officially this time uh, for, a new, for a new episode of LFG. I'm here with a very special guest, uh, Razor Blades. Say what's up. Introduce yourself. Yo, yo, what up, what up, what up, y'all? I be the Razor Blade, the Razor Sharp Assassin, Brooklyn, all day, representing, chilling. Yes, sir. And with that being said, I'm pretty sure you, can, you guys can guess already well, from the title we gave away, but we're going to be talking about season three of Wu-Tang and American Saga, which honestly is a show that caught everybody off guard. We didn't think anything like that would be made, honestly. At least you and I didn't think that something like that would be made. Am I right? No doubt, man. Yeah. That was a that was a surprise for me because I, to, to be honest, I didn't think they were going to come back with a season three. I was nervous. Me neither. And the fact that it was the final season, you know, kind of took me for a look. I was like, okay, how are they going to end this? You know? Word. Right. But, um, yeah. yeah, tell me your thoughts about the first two seasons. The first two, um, first two seasons? Yeah, just give me a quick rundown how you felt about those two. Alright, so the first, okay, so the first two. Alright, the very first one was real interesting because it gave a, a good background on you know how they came about but what was shocking was that seeing Ray and Ghost had beef right you know what I'm saying because right. they from they from different part of Staten Island right and how they all came together the first one was real interesting but when it came to the second season that's when it started hitting right there because you got a chance to hear protect your neck and mm-hmm. how Thirsty's Chambers came about and how all of them got along right you know what I'm saying that was, that was real interesting you know what I'm saying? So the first two seasons was real interesting to lead up to season three. I was ready for that one. Right. Okay. Ooh-wee. Okay. All right. I like your take on that. Personally, um, I really enjoyed the first two seasons. The second season being my favorite out of the two. Before we get right. into season three. Uh, season two really got into the meat and juices of it all in regards to how 36 Chambers, the first album, was created. Um, oh, yeah. The classic fu- masterpiece. What you say? Oh, I'm sorry, man. I was just saying, that's my all-time favorite album. That's a classic masterpiece. Oh, yeah, I agree. I have to agree with you, man. That's one of my favorite hip-hop albums of all time. Easily. Yeah. Um, so, seeing the uh, process behind creating that album, also, um, piggybacking off of the first season, it felt very rewarding seeing um, this type of story being told. Not just... It's special because it's done through a TV show. It's not a movie. Yeah. You know? So it, it feels yeah, even Yeah, it feels even more special. Um so um well first and foremost I gotta get into your background. Um how did you get into hip hop and what what would you say is uh your key 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 um what would you say is your key thing you look into when it comes to hip hop? What do you look for? Okay, that's that's a good question. Thank you, my brother. No problem. <laughs> nah, but anyway, <laughs> I got. But um, how I got into hip hop? Well, I've been a hip hop baby all my life. 
because you know I'm from Brooklyn, New York. I'm from Brownsville, mm-hmm. and I've always been installed in me, man. Because seeing from seeing, see, the thing is, my uncle and his brothers, they were always like have ciphers. They was DJing and they was rhyming around the way, mm-hmm. so that really and played a part. And also, you know, when you're in New York, you're going from the gate. You're already going to be installed in hip hop. It don't matter where you at. Right. From watching, you know, your TV raps to video music box to Rap City, all that. All that installed in that's in the stretch in Barbito. DJ Premier with Thunderstorm, like all like all that stuff. Even though I was a baby, I remember all that because yeah. I witnessed that. You know so Even though I was a kid, I witnessed it and I was thankful. And the and the second question that you asked me what I keep for, look for in the hip hop. Mm-hmm. Originality, yeah, it's yeah. originality because it's a lot of it's a lot of clones. Everybody keeps doing the same thing. Like you got to have a voice, man. Like a different voice, a different style. And that everybody can't do the same thing. It's like originality. That's yeah. my. That's the key thing I'm looking for. Just originality and creativity. Or like how, how like how everything goes into a song. Like what made you come up with that? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? That's really my take on it. I feel you, man. I feel you, man. And I ask you this because, for those who don't know you, this guy is a a definitive curator of many different um, aspects of hip-hop history on his Instagram page. You could really just scroll through his page, and all you can see is different milestones and just different uh, aspects of hip-hop history that some may have forgotten, some may know already, and some may not have known already. Um, he has a great page, and if you guys haven't looked into it already, what's your um, username on IG? Uh, my name is Razorblade. My name is my name is at Razorblade seven one eight. Yeah, at Razorblade seven one eight. If you guys haven't, go check his page out. It's well worth it. Trust me. Um, I'm so, humbled, man. Thank. You. No problem, man. So without further ado, let's get into season three of Wu Tang and American Saga. Um, first thing off the bat. For me, I noticed that um, there was only ten episodes. Now, Which I was mad at. I w- yeah, I was a little bit disappointed because the nerd in me was like, "Okay, this should have been 16. Because yeah. when you think about it, the first two had ten seasons, and then this one being sixteen altogether would be thirty-six episodes, hence the thirty-six chambers. Thirty-six chambers, yeah, right. That's so a good one. Man. Yeah, so it would have made more sense for it to be sixteen. I don't know. What was going on with the production for it to be kind of just crammed down to ten? But yeah, but after watching the season, man, I mean, uh, there's not much I can be upset about. There's little things, but there's not much I can be upset about. This was another great season, in my opinion. What's the little things? What's the little things, yo? Yeah, man. Uh, But yeah, so let's get into it. Uh, The first episode is "I Can't Go to Sleep." This was the episode that obviously started off the season. Um, we get to see that Wu-Tang is more established now, and they have their own production company. Divine is handling things for the clan, and they're able to have their separate deals. Um, and they're finally able to work on their solo albums. And by this point, Method Man's debut album, Takao, is going platinum. So uh, you, you have RZA just still in the basement cooking up music left to right for all the solo artists and 
it gets to the point where he has to spend the night down there because he's so focused on it. And remember, in the last season, the last episode of the last season, all the music was destroyed pretty much in a flood. Yeah, a lot of yeah, that was the crazy thing. A lot of music was destroyed because of that flood. Like, yeah. Inspector Deck album mostly got hit. Yeah, because that was Deck, a yeah. I'm sorry to cut you off, man. My bad. No, you're good. You're good. You're good. Um, I was gonna say Deck's album was already finished. Um, and right when it was finished, the flood came, and he just had to redo the whole thing, and that's why it took him so long to put up the album. Yeah, man. Mm-hmm. Just, just like to be honest, like it's sad because we all know Inspector Deck as like, like he's a lyricist, like he's a set off guy. Like, yeah. think about it, like, like protecting that triumph. He's the set off man, like. Like when it comes to deck, he's the next to Jizza, he's the sharpest lyricist out of them two. I have to agree. And, if, go ahead. And um, yeah, and it's like for him, for his album to be caught up in that flood. Just imagine during that time period, because you had Liquid Sword, only built for Cuban Links, mm-hmm. Return to Thirty Six, Cacao. Mm-hmm. If and Spencer's album came out in the midst of that time period, just imagine, just imagine what he would have done. Just imagine where where he would have been at mm-hmm. in the tang ring. Like Deck is a genius, man. He's a he's a he's a he's a sharp lyricist. Nobody can front on the rebel. I have to agree with you, man. Even though Jizz is my favorite Wu Tang Clan member, I have to. Yeah, agree. I, know. <laughs> I know, man. I know how much you love Jizz. Yeah, and man. You can't, you can't go wrong because Jizz Jizz is, like I said, another sharp lyricist. I think Deck can. Like I said, Jizz and Deck, them two sharp lyricists. Like, sure. you can't come close to them. Yeah, man. That's the, that's the truth right there. But really, back to the first episode, like, I can't go to sleep. It's just the kickoff of season three, pretty much. And we get to see where they at in this moment. And yeah. um, Divine's still trying to square things out with the deals. And while the, all this is happening, everything seems all cool, but Riz is still trying to we're still having a hard time trying to reach ODB. And ODB's album is supposed to be sent in long overdue. And he hasn't heard from him. So there's a little moment with that. And, and yeah, not only that, he do the yeah. beats for he... Oh, exactly. sorry, man. No, you're good. You're good. Go ahead. You're... Go ahead. Okay. I was saying that not only that, he, he do one single beat for the album. No, he didn't. That... that... Wow, that makes so much sense. I just realized that. Wow, he ain't do one to be for that. Yeah, he ain't do he ain't do one single be for the album because he's been so focused on like Mavs' joint, Jizz's joint, but not old dirty. That was the crazy thing, and they and they had a deadline. They did. They had a deadline, man. Dirty was no way to be found, like you said. Wow. Yeah, man. like that was crazy. Yeah, man. So there's that, and then you got the ghost face thing. Of him. Yeah, him slow. We're slowly seeing like um, we didn't. We don't really get to that till later, but we're seeing symptoms of him being like you know a diabetic and him coping with work. You know that was some interest. That was interesting to watch. Um, but overall, how'd you feel about this uh, first episode? If you remember, now the okay, the first episode for me, it was like a. Well, for one, it was an explosion because, cause like you said, you get to see the success. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? And mm-hmm. how the 
touring and how everything is going, which made me happy as a fan. Which made me happy to see my idols doing their thing. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But but what really blew me away was because I'm because I thought right about at that point I thought Dirty and Rizzo would dead their differences mm-hmm. as you saw as you saw from the last season on the last episode they went at it. They did. So I figured, okay, they at the they at the breaking point of being successful. I thought it'd be dead by now, but apparently, mm-hmm. still smoking mirrors. So that really, but overall, the episode was real dope. I loved it. I agree. It was a great start to season three, to be honest. Um. So um, after that, and. and Back to you were saying about Dirty and Rizzo going at it, it, I still find it kind of funny that um the that part where they were talking and Rizzo was like, "Yo, we're gonna be on Electra," and ODB's pissed at Rizzo. He's like, "Yo, you always know I wanted to be on Def Jam." Like, I'm not <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, that was a little funny because that honestly seems like something ODB would actually say. Like, yeah. you know, being the hip hop, being the b boy that he really was, of course he would. Aspire to go because they put on people like the Beastie Boys and um, if I could uh, LL, LL Cool J, like Public Enemy, like they put on so many big hip hop artists. So I will understand, and I fit his vibe at the time. But you know, of course, you, you know how the labels do, you know how the contracts go, things just get kind of wishy washy, and he wasn't having that. Yeah, but I feel like to be honest. Like, yeah, but to be honest, I felt that Rizza should have talked to Dirty instead of just up and planning. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because it's like, I understand I understand where Rizza was going because, you know, he was the mastermind of everything. Yeah. But personally, like, if you want to, like, talk to, like, if you want to break it down to somebody, at least you got to talk to them face-to-face to make them understand. Instead of just throwing them, like, yo, you over here, Electra. Just over here, Geffen, you gotta break it down like a little more one by one to see right. how the plan's gonna go. So I think at that point, I think Rizza kind of messed up right there. Just a little bit. I understand his motive. Uh, trust me, right. I do, but you know, he, he still should have spoke with uh, ODB at least. You know. but, but, but real quick, real quick, let me ask you something though. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Do you think? Did you think Method Man should have went to um, Electra, or or it was a good thing over at Def Jam? Hmm. I mean, it makes sense for Meth to go to Def Jam if you think about it. It it, it made sense, right? You know, because you know how versatile and um, mad energetic Method Man style is, right? And it just kind of fit that environment, you know. So yeah, I, yeah. I understood why you know Meth. Yeah, it yeah it was perfect. Yeah, I I agree. I agree with you, man. It was real perfect. And right. Dirty to be over at Electra was a perfect fit because because at Electra, if you think about it, Brand Nubian was over there. Facts, facts. Yeah, and um like and um leaders of the new school was over there. And uh, Pete Rock and Seal Smooth as well. Yeah, yeah, Pete Rock and Seal uh-huh. Smooth he was over there. Yeah. and and Dirty was a perfect fit. Yeah, because sense. because to be honest, like you never had like, cause you know even though you had people I could feel smooth and brand new, but none of them 
was like I ain't gonna say they wasn't successful, but they wasn't like like platinum wise, like superstardom. Yeah, no, no, no. But Dirty, he had that. But Dirty being ODB, he had that. You know, he he didn't care. He was brutal. Facts. Like, like he was brutal. He didn't care. Like, but he made you love him. Like, except you who he is. Like, right. even the album, like even the like perfect example. The the classic album cover, the wealthy card. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, man! Like, mm-hmm. you got to be a master pawn to think that. So I think that was a stroke of genius. I have to agree. Nobody was putting their welfare card on no damn album cover. Like, <laughs> like come on, bro. <laughs> and it, and it, no, worse than, worse than that, nobody won't even put their school ID on their album man, cover. Hell no, bro. <laughs> hell no. So the, the fact that he did that, man, that just made him stand out amongst the rest. Like, you know, Where? people knew that something was special about ODB. Work because, like, to be honest, if you like, if you're a fan, if you really like, for me, if you're a fan, if you take it back to the Thursday's Chambers, like, mm-hmm. into Thursday's, if you listen to the album, you will understand every single one of them before you get to the solo albums. Thanks, yeah. So, but what else you had? All right. So that's the first episode. The second episode is All I Need. So that's when we get to Nitty Gritty with Risley and Dirty, who's pretty much taking refuge at Sherry's apartment. Um, but at, but all, when all this has happened, I do remember Ghostface and Raycon kind of strengthened their relationship and as they talk about the lab for the next album, which was only built for Cuban Links. Classic. All right. Yeah, man. So tell me how you felt about this episode. What, the second episode? Yeah, All I Need. Oh, man. The second episode. That one... That one was good, but to be honest, I kind of got in my feels in that one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because um, that's the episode where Vince's girl left him. Yeah, that was, that was tough to watch. That was tough to watch. Because, to be honest, I am a heartbroken, like, I am a heartbroken kind of like that, but different. Mm-hmm. But but that one was dope because Method Man went platinum. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Method Man went platinum. platinum. Yeah, he went platinum with All I Need, which was a banger. Yeah. And, um, and that one right there, that one was pretty good. I ain't even going to front. But... But let me ask you something though, as a fan, as a fan. Yes. Okay. Now Method Man did. I think he did three versions of All I Need: the Puffy version, the Razor yeah. Sharp version, album version. Which one's your favorite? That's a great question, bro. Honestly, <laughs> man, I always grew up listening to the what, what's it? I forgot what it was called. The, the version with Mary J. Blige. Yeah. The, the first one is Mary J. And the and mind you, the album version didn't have um didn't have um Mary J. on it. It just had Streetlight. Yeah, I remember. So I mean, for me personally, I gotta say, I think that album version really did it because it was more rugged. It was, it was, but a part of me also really likes that Mary J. Blige version quite a bit because it's not. 
it's not it, it doesn't overstep its boundaries in regards to being a hip-hop song. It's still very much a hip-hop song, but it just has those R&B elements to it, you know? Where, and, and the marriage, it, it fit really well. It fit really well. No one's overstepping nothing. Like, it fit like a glove pretty much. And that's why I like that version so much. It did, yo. It did, it did. You're right, because I didn't even think about that. It did. Mm-hmm. Like, any overstepping, it just kept it to that element. Exactly, exactly. So it, that's why it's a little bit hard for me to choose, man. I'm not gonna lie. True, yeah. I, yeah, I, I had plenty of people that they said the same thing. Mm-hmm. I even asked a friend of mine that they said the same thing. I was like, for me, I was always like, because I love to Cal's album, that first album so much. I was like, I just love that ruggedness. Yeah, man. But the second episode, but so far, the second episode is crazy because that fool old dirty almost killed himself. Yeah. Then and and also what really make it so dope. What I love about this episode is that you get a chance to see Ray and Ghost friendship strengthen up. Yeah, I love that so much, yo. Yeah, that 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 was the that was the key point of the episode. I loved it. I agree. I remember, was it in like the second season? Um, I think they were recording the song or something. They recorded one of the songs for, I think, Only Built for Cuban Links, I think, was in the second season. And it was like a reenactment of the classic John Wu flick, The Killer. Ooh. If you remember yeah, that. The... Well, in the second season? I think it was the second season. Now, I think on the second season, they, I think the friendship got stronger because, like, through the episode of, um, when they were trying to get the song played on the radio. Yeah, yeah, that. That's my... And, to, and for the record, that is my favorite episode. The second act is my favorite one when they when they was making the song. Yeah. But that particular song, when they were trying to get the song on the radio, that's my favorite episode I keep on repeat. Yeah, man, that's a, that's a great episode. I'm not good at it. But that's, that's season two. You can get off track. You can get off track. We can go back to season three. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, we can... We can we can talk about this. I love this show, man. But yeah, 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 for sure. All right, next one, Dirty Dancing. Now, a lot of people did not like this one. A lot of oh people did not God. like episode three. And for good they reason. Did. For good reason. You know, I understand. But I'm, I'm going to let you go. I'm going to let you go and speak your piece first. Okay, for me, Dirty Dancing. Yeah. To be honest... Okay, when I first saw the episode, I was just like everybody else. I was confused. Because, like, uh-huh. as you know, you go to the old dirty persona of the black exploitation movies from the 70s. Yeah. And in a comedy album. But I didn't put two and two together that it was the persona of that he went through all that to go to make that classy album return to the Thursday Chambers. Mm-hmm. I mean, from a fan perspective, I get it. But everybody else was like bashing that episode. Me, I love it because you get to see old dirty. Thank you. That is exactly my point. That is it, my, man. You get it. My brother. My brother. Yes. I'm, I'm a fan. I'm a fan. I'm a diehard Wu Tang Clan fan. Nobody yeah, can tell man. me not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, saying, that's, that's what's up, man. Because uh, I get it. Like, I get it from the gate. At first, I didn't get it. But after I started watching that episode, I'm like, okay, this is yeah. how I led up to the 36 Chambers, return to the 36. Okay, I got it. Yeah. Yeah, man. 
But um, it is it really caught me off guard because I wasn't I wasn't expecting the season to go this well. Me too. Right? Me too. Because you know, um, as we get through each episode progressively, when we get to focus on each member's um, solo debut or solo efforts, we get Word. to see the vision, the actual vision, play out like a short film for the episode. Yeah. I think that's one of the most genius things that could have been done for this show honestly because it not only has this kind of like pulp fiction factor to it but it kind of gives us more character development for uh the members of Wu-Tang and where their head was when they were creating the album so episodes like Dirty Dancer which is honestly one of my favorites of the entire show um not only is it kind of refreshing but I feel as if it pays great tribute to ODB's legacy. Honestly. It did, yes, it did, it did. That's what I was saying, yo, my dude. You always read my head. That's the same <laughs> thing I was saying. It's, that's the same thing I was saying because, like, because, like, it paid a really good homage to Old Dirty. Yeah, and I think, and I think, I, and I think it was dope by the way it came about. Through yeah. creativity, the the characters, like you see, Jizza playing a white guy. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Then you had um, RZA playing a um, what was he? Uh, like a host? Yeah, he was like comedy? he he was like the uh the owner of a club, and he was hosting ODB, and ODB was getting on his nerves. Like he was kind of like, almost like a uh, uh like a, a Purple Rain type story, almost you seen Purple Rain. Right, right, yeah. right, right, right. That yeah, so that so that episode right there was like that's one of my favorites. Yeah, I love that one. I love that one. That one caught me off guard, but honestly, it really, you know, it uh, gets you in the ODB's head. Yeah, you know, that, that, that's exactly what I was thinking. Yeah, that, that's, that's something that, you know, fans will, should, should be able to appreciate, obviously. Um, yeah, it, like, if you, like, if you're a real Wu-Tang fan, I'm sorry, real quick. No, you good. You're good. Yeah, if you're a real Wu-Tang fan, you will understand the process, not just focused on the show. Because mm-hmm. if you if you just focus on the show, you won't understand it. Exactly. Us fans, we understand it from the gate. Exactly. That's the point. That's it. And for those and and for those that don't like it, slap yourselves. <laughs> you take the other mint. You take the other mint or boxing glove. Do whatever you can to slap yourself with powder. Wow, that's funny. <laughs> I, I don't know. I won't go that far, but hey. Honestly, I would tell them to listen to the, listen to the music first. Just listen to the music. You know, I know, man. I'm just bugging out. No, you're good. No, you're good. You're good. But yeah, personally, I would just say, yo, just listen to the music. Because obviously, people ain't listening to the music like they say they are. Word. They be faking. They be exactly. faking the phone. Like, you know, you, you say you listen to the music. Okay, do you really listen to the music? Because if you did, you would appreciate, like, these episodes, you know? But that's just Word. me. Word, me too, and not just the beat, because it's more than just the beat. You gotta listen mm-hmm. to the lyrics too. Exactly, because these guys are painting whole universes and pictures. Right, exactly. You know, so yeah, that was Dirty Dancing, which is a brilliant episode. Daytona five hundred. I'm sorry, Daytona oh. five hundred. This episode right here was is my favorite. Amazing. <laughs> this was this was incredible. I had a lot of fun watching this because 
a me lot too. Of, a lot of this reminded me of that segment in that um film the show from 95 where they were exactly yeah, yeah where they were on tour in Japan on a tour bus and then it, we kind of get this same kind of feel cuz they going on tour uh still on tour for Method Man and uh they they discover that you know living on a bus together man that'd be so much fun when they have their own problems to kind of you know deal with on a daily basis so it ain't as fun as they, they thought it would be you know well yeah it was tension in the air it was so mm-hmm. much tension in that bus it was and, so much man and, and plus and plus also the, <laughs> you can't leave out this part of the episode Remember when Homeboy was the bus driver was pocketing all the money and he got busted naked? Oh man, I, oh I remember. I saw, <laughs> man, I remember that. I was just like, yo, this man was literally. He was like, Word. he was like residing in the bus, and he was at, he was ass naked cooking breakfast. And I'm just like, yo, what? Oh, I don't know what was and he was using and he was using Raycorn's grill. He was using the George Foreman, right? <laughs> he was, yo. He was. That was so funny, man. That was some See, wild shit. Yeah, but then um the episode got hot when um when Raycorn to be honest, I felt like Raycorn was still in his fields because he was mm-hmm. concerned about Master Killer. Like, is Master Killer part of the group or you know, this that and the third. Right. Flare up. right. That was and, one. Go ahead. And to be honest, I think Ray Kwan should have just put that on the spot because because Master Killer been down since day one. Right. But, but he did he didn't like get put on until chess boxing. Mm-hmm. And personally, like he like he been there. Like, you know, he witnessed everybody. You know what I'm saying? He wouldn't say by flowing all that, but then we got him to take on you know, chess boxing. Mm-hmm. That made him official because he had a verse. And you know what I'm saying? And I think that um and I think Ray Corn shouldn't have just everybody got an equal share. Mm-hmm. So like I don't see what the big deal was, personally on my end. I understand that. His but seeing Master Killer's whole um, subplot and dynamic in the film was one of the most interesting parts of the movie for me because we don't really know much about Master Killer. You know, if sure. you're not, even if you're a true fan, there's really not much to, you know, uh, discover, not, much to know not much to know about Master Killer. So the fact that we had this dynamic to really like gleam into and more clarity um, to gain from this show about Master Killer was like rewarding for a lot of fans, including myself, you know, that's honestly one of my favorite aspects of this entire show. Word, because, like, word, that's the thing, like, you, like you said, you're right, because it's like, it's not much to know about him. No, no, no. And I think you got a bigger insight. Mm-hmm. Oh, and let's not forget, on the episode, remember when, um, who was it, Mook, trying to find out who was, like, like, who was who on that tour bus? Right. <laughs> Okay, do you remember they got separate tour buses? Yeah, they did. Right. Now, Mook, I mean, Mook was that kid who played um the bus driver. Mm-hmm. And he was trying to find out, like, he was trying to find something out about who was riding the tour bus, I guess, who 
had the wildest stuff on that tour bus. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, that was the funny part. And also, oh, you can't leave out this scene right here. What? With Powell called, when Powell called Money, who was bootlegging T-shirts. Oh, man, yeah, yeah. That was one of the most important scenes in the daggone episode. How can I forget that? Yeah, that's like, because I was saying, because it's like, you out there bootlegging T-shirts and you think you ain't going to get fined out? Right. Like, yo, I thought Powell was going to do something to him. Yo, I ain't going to lie. Yo, I ain't going to lie, man. When Money says, am I part of the Wu-Tang Clan? I wanted to slap him right there. Bro, when I saw that, I paused the thing. I was like, bro, are you crazy? Yeah. <laughs> I, I wanted, yo, D, I swear to God, man, I wanted to slap the life out. I'm like, you out there taking this, you out there taking money out of these people's pockets, and you sitting up there, you talking about you part of Wu-Tang? Why don't you just shoot? Why don't you get a gun and shoot your leg off? Oh, my God, bro. That was so crazy. But the fact that Power didn't do nothing to him just kind of showed his growth from season one. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Yo, man, you turn the head. I didn't even think about that one. Yeah, man, it's a lot. It's a lot, man. Yeah. Because power, because you know, power was straight up and down, just hustling, 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 hustling. Yes. But in season two, he invested into their dream, which I think that was amazing. And now, and embellished to them being in the road. So you hit it right on the head. I didn't even think about that part. Yeah, man. That was a good one. Like, he, like, Pop was really growing. That was dope. Yeah, awesome. So, Daytona 500. And don't, and we can't forget the part, the last part of the episode where you guy gets a call and he found out his son got shot. Yeah, which that really did happen. It did. It did. It, it did actually happen. You can, you can read it, you can watch interviews. Like, it, it, it happened for real. Yeah, that was messy. Yeah, that was messed up. Like he, like he took the gun too. He took Ghost's gun. Mm-hmm. He yeah, he took his gun and he was really going. He was going back to New York to go out for vengeance. Like he he was like hell bent on that. Yeah, man. He was like he like he was looking for blood, but you can't blame him because that's your child right there. Exactly. If somebody happens to your kid, you're gonna do the first thing on your mind is I'm gonna get that person back. Exactly. Like, it don't matter. Like, it don't matter who it is. Which, but I'll let you go ahead. D, go ahead. Do your thing, my bro. No, you're good. You're good. Um, I appreciate that. Um, that leads us into A Better Tomorrow, episode five. Now, um, this episode, That's my favorite episode too. you said it's one of your favorites, too? Yeah, this is one of my favorites right here. Yeah, this, one, this one was good because I, I like how this was a direct continuation of the, the last episode. We leave off. Where you guys find out the news, and then you guys literally back in New York, um, at the man's door, ready to just murk something, right? Catch a body. Exactly. But then we we cut into Inspector Deck. Yeah. Cut into yeah, Inspector like, Deck. And go ahead. Like you go from you go from UE to Inspector Deck, then it leads on to Master Killer. Which we got a chance to see more about. Yeah, that's what I was talking about when we were uh, discussing Daytona 500. In this episode, yeah. we get a lot more clarity about Master Killer. We get to see his upbringing. We get to see his, some of his family members, and you know, I think that was was it his dad he was talking to? Was it? I can't remember. What he 
It wasn't his dad. It was it was his um, uncle. Yeah, he was. It was his uncle, and um, uh, he told him about the Wu Tang tape. He was like, "Oh, you?" He's and he was surprised. He's like, "Oh, this you rapping on this?" He's like, "Yeah, bro, that's one of my favorite verses on the Dagon album." <laughs> Which is which? Which that's everybody's favorite verse right there. Who don't? Who like when Master Killer came on? I'm sorry, I know we drifting away from the episode. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. But yeah, but that's the that's a legendary verse like that Master Killer got on, and down. And then Inspector Deck. Yo, I got yo. I gotta say this: dude playing Inspector Deck killed it. Yeah, man, he was great. He was great. And then, like, then you got the chance to see him make that classic joint from the Tells from the Hood soundtrack, Let Me At Him. Which yeah. the only time, which the only time I, I thought it was a strip of that Wu Tang joint, which it is. Because the thing, when I see Wu Tang Clan on like a certain project, I'm thinking it's like a couple, like one or two, three members, not just one person. Right. But I think it's dope how the creativity came about. And it's good to see, and it's good to see you guard. Like you know, so had a second change, like changed his mind about catching that body, man. Because yeah, mm-hmm. he worked, he working hard, right? He he at a peak of his career right now, where he could just throw it away. Exactly. So he chooses not to do it. And power, yo, that props to power for like dropping that jewel on him. Like, exactly. yo, it's a good thing he can do what he did, which I think that was dope. Mm-hmm. Like that episode right there is my favorite right there because it's a lot of well a lot of people don't know it's a lot of messages involved in that show. Absolutely. Because people keep thinking like because people keep thinking like the music and you know saying the excitement of the show, but it's really some messages involved. It's a lot. It's a lot to dig into. Not yeah. even just messages, but the history of Wu Tang Clan, period. Like it's a lot. Yes. Say, say it again, my brother. It, exactly. It, it's right. a it's a lot, man. So um, this was definitely one of my favorite episodes. Um, you know, it. I have to. I watched it recently, about a few days ago, but I had to watch it again because I honestly my schedule has been banned in school back to back, so I can't really recall everything off the top of my head right now. Yeah, but, same here, man. I'm too busy working, so yeah. But um, yeah, I remember really enjoying this episode, and the thing about it was Master Killer. Like that was amazing seeing that. It was amazing seeing that. Word, Master Killer, Master Killer one. The the Master Killer part was my favorite. Yeah, mine too. I have to agree. So better tomorrow, dope episode. Next one, um, criminology. This one was oh fucking awesome. God. Yes, <laughs> yo, my oh man. You said it right ahead. This is my favorite episode. I don't. I wouldn't say this one was my favorite, but this was fucking awesome. This was awesome. This yeah, is this, was, this is another one that felt a lot like um, short films within movie. episodes, right? Yeah, mini movie. Yeah, like a little mini movie, and it helps you get into the heads of the artists that created these albums. Because now we're on only built for Cuban links. And we get an almost kind of New Jack City type of vibe with this episode, you know? Ooh, New Jack City. Oh, you took it there with it, huh? No, think about it. Think about it. He, like, you know, um, Raekwon is almost like Nino Brown. And, you know, Ghost is almost like, um, what's his name? Um, yeah, yeah. 
it's a lot like New Jack City when you sit down and think about it. It's a lot like New Jack City. But this is definitely a Wu-Tang thing. This as an ass load of references from different songs and different albums in this episode. Like, the funniest one to me was... <laughs> <laughs> the funniest one to me, and I think I think we I think you know what I'm talking about was uh when it oh, was like Lord. interrogating a dude. Oh and, yeah, when they hung, yeah, and, yeah. When they when they hung homeboy off the roof. Yeah, when they hung a vice dick off the roof, and I'm just <laughs> <laughs> yo, 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 dude. You know what's so funny? You know what's what? so funny? Okay, keep the references. You gotta know the references. Exactly. Like, think about him, 36 Chambers. For Method Man, I think Remember, was it? Rick- it, it, it was right at the beginning of Method Man, and they were talking, and he was him and Ray, it was Method Man and Raekwon talking about different ways right. of torture, right? Yeah, torture. Yeah, torture. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and then Raekwon was the guy who's like, I'll fucking, like, hang you, hang you by your fucking dick off a 12-story yeah. building. And that's exactly what Raekwon and Ghost did in this episode. And seeing that was just like, oh, shit, they took it there. Yo. Oh, another, yo, 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 check it out. That ain't all, son. Here's another one. Remember when, when Ghost said, is he dead? The way he said, is he dead? Is he dead? What, you what the fuck do you mean, is he dead? The nigga laying there with all types of fucking blood. Like, <laughs> yeah, 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 that one. Exactly. I was like, yo, son, they with it. And bro, I think the skit in that album is also a reference too, because if you've seen the Thirty Six Chamber of Shaolin, the English dub version, right? So right. remember in in that skit, he was like, he's like, is he dead? He said, "The fuck you mean? Is he fucking dead?" And you yep. know, remember in the first scene of Thirty Six Chamber of Shaolin, and the three students were looking at the dead body hung up. He's like, "Well, is he dead yet?" He's like, "Hey, just look at all that blood." Of course he's dead. Oh my god, yo! You 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 see the parallels, right? Dog, yo, you son, you really took me there with that one. I even think about that one. Come yeah, on. you hit it, right? Son, you hit me with that one. You, oh my god, yo, I even think about that. Come on, man, like Wu Tang, these guys were real martial art film fans, like <laughs> yeah, they geniuses. Oh, and also you can't leave out this part. Remember when they had like. Nas, think about it. Nas, oh, yeah, Big Nas L. was in there. Nas was in there. Big L was in there. Like, bro, and Biggie, and Biggie. Well, he was Frank White. Yeah, that, that's the that's one of the craziest things because this episode really made me think. Yo, what if something like this was actually made in the nineties? That yo, that that's what somebody else said. I was thinking to myself, I'm like, yo, son, like. What like what if only Bill Kiwis was a legit movie along with the album? Exactly. The like the soundtrack was already there. Forget about it. The soundtrack was already there. But what about the movie? But if you really think about it, the sound the the album alone was a movie. Yeah, the album was very vivid. The album was very vivid. And a lot of the inspiration came from like I said, I referenced John Lewis the Killer that came out in nineteen eighty nine. There's even cues from the um, killer. Yeah, there's even cues from the killer on that album, especially at the beginning, um, the intro track "Striving for Perfection." That little um, piano in the background is an excerpt from the score of that movie. Yeah, man. Oh my yeah. god, yo, like, like that movie, like that, like I think that episode alone, like you said, you hit it right on the head. Man, you really think about it till you said mm-hmm. it. Um, 
like a New Jack City, but in a Wu Tang form. Because yeah. for me, because for me, I was just so excited because it's like only Buffy Cuban links, and that's my all-time favorite album. Like one of my all-time favorites. Mm-hmm. And yo, it's, it's a fun fact. I'm gonna put this out there. Fun fact. Okay, knowing that knowing I got my name Razor Blade from Wu Tang. Mm-hmm. When it when it came down to Wu Gambinos, I kind of had a a, a Wu Gambino name, Hard Diamonds. <laughs> Hard diamond, really? It, it it was cheesy, man. It was uh, cheesy because I was because so, it was because I was so obsessed with like Wu James. I'm like, yo, son, I'm gonna name myself Hard Diamond here. Yeah, but looking back <laughs> at it, that was trash. <laughs> That's but oh, but overall, man, it's but back to the episode, man. This episode was a classic, and the dude that played um, which I didn't even know that dude that played the the, the shady cop. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that was Trini Rodriguez. Me neither. Me neither. I had no idea that was him. The last time I seen him was in Dead President. Yeah, that's that is an interesting parallel. Damn. Right. Because right. we talking right. about New Jack City and then Dead Presidents and then how this could have been made in the nineties and uh, once crazy. upon a time in America, King crazy. of New York, like all the mafioso movies, yo. Like yeah. it's really and Raekwon really took it there with that album. And oh, he had yeah. Ghostface and he had Ghostface as a sidekick. Yeah, man, it was perfect, man. That's that's that's, that's a classic album. Honestly, because when I was younger, when I first heard that album, like of course I was young, I didn't understand it. But it's just it's so weird because I I grew up loving the the, the first Wu Tang album, uh Entry the Thirty Six Chambers. I grew up loving that album. So why didn't I love right. this? I don't know. I, it, I I I had some growing up to do. I, I had some growing up to do to really sit down and listen to this album, and it's just everything about that album is vivid to the core. People yeah. miss just, there's small things about the album that people miss to this very day, and people still wonder why over, only before people like just talked about to this day. Right, it, it's to this very day because well, because think about it, you had RZA who produced the whole album, yeah. then you like, and then you had like. You had the whole Wu Tang Clan back in the mob, except for Old Dirty, he wasn't on the album. But then you had like Ghostface as as Raekwon's sidekick. Like, Perfect. oh my god! Perfect. And then Capadonna, that was the birth of him. Mm-hmm. Like, you had so much going on on that album. It's like words cannot describe because you cannot skip one single song on that album. Not one, not one track. No, Even the skit. Even the skits are dope. Like I can't really think about. I think we think of any tracks off of the album that I don't like. Like there's others that I listen to more. There's tracks I listen. To. That was Criminology, one of my favorite episodes in the entire series. And a, and a begging song, by the way. Oh yeah! And oh, that is song. one of my favorite songs off the album. Easily. It is. Easily. Ooh. Terminology. Like, as soon as you hear that joint comes on, I told you a long time ago. Yeah, man. Yo, I let you go ahead. Yeah, for sure, man. Next one, Shadow Boxing. This one, this one was great. This one was great. Um, have you seen the Adam Sandler flick Uncut Gems? 
Oh my god, man. You ain't gotta tell me that. I oh. get it, man. So you got it, man, because this episode was a trap. I felt bad for Vaughn. Oh yeah, I, man. I felt so bad for Vaughn, man, because he had a lot on his shoulders. Then he missed his daughter's um birthday party. Bro, there was so much happening in this episode that I just couldn't help but compare it to Uncut Gems because because like when you think about what was happening in Uncut Gems, it was a series of events. It was a series of events that Adam Sandler's character just could not follow through with. And yeah. we were just on the edge of our seats this whole time because people were just on his ass. Like, he couldn't even keep his family stable. He couldn't even keep his finances stable. He couldn't keep... He, nothing was stable with he him. Like, it, he couldn't keep it together. Apparently. He couldn't keep it together because he had a gambling problem. He had a lot of problems within himself that he refused to fix. So it was just like, yo... What the fuck are you doing? And that's why that movie is so stressful, but it works in almost every aspect. You know what I'm saying? Because it felt so real. Where I was even like I was even stressed out, and I wasn't even and I wasn't even him. Bro, it, a lot of it wasn't his fault. A lot of it wasn't his fault. But there's other aspects of like, okay, you could have you that that was your ass. Like, come on, you couldn't have thought of anything yeah. better, bro. <laughs> like, come on, bro. bro that was, uh... That was it. That was all on him. It was nobody else. But it was all on him. Yeah, it was all on him. Yeah, that's what yeah. made that movie feel so real. And that's the same way I feel about this episode. Like, everybody, everything about this episode feels real. And it feels like it was something that actually happened within the history of Wu-Tang. Like, it felt, you really started to feel for Divine. And you really kind of. The episode kind of just lets you kind of put yourself into his shoes and uh, yes. really kind of oh really kind of made you feel uh, really kind of made you see the type of work and the type of occupation, you know, being an executive producer uh, and being a manager is, you know. Yeah, yeah, because like it's good you said that because Ron was like because Ron was taking on a huge responsibility by managing the group. And plus, also on top mm-hmm. of that, he had to get, and on top of that, he had to get like a, he was on a deadline, I believe, that um, he had to get, um, what he had mm-hmm. to do, get certain members signed or something like that. Dex felt some way about it. Raekwon, Raekwon was being a jury. I ain't even going for it. I'm not going to lie. He was, he was being a little bit of an asshole. But he was, yo. He, he, he didn't understand. He didn't understand the type of work that he had to do to maneuver all these checks and things like yeah. that. Yeah, you know? He like he he basically spent up his whole credit card bill. Mm-hmm. Like he spent up his whole credit card bill and want and, and want um Bond to keep paying him, and he keep telling him like, no, you can't do that. And Raekwon was just talking mm-hmm. about him with an saying that he forgot where he came from. Like he ain't had to go there with all that. And then right. not to mention and then not to mention Ghost passing out found out he was a diabetic. Right. Like it was so that episode was real stressful for me and I wasn't even in the episode. And then old dirty. And then old dirty mm-hmm. he has shady he had some shady some shady manager I guess. And it was just so it was just so much going on for Vaughn. I felt I felt so bad for Vaughn. I'm like It was a lot. Was no, yeah, it really was nowhere to be found on top of that. 
Yeah, man. See, that's that's one of the things that made it so stressful is that the key members during this episode, a lot of them weren't anywhere to be found. True. And then you had, let alone Ghostface dealing with his diabetic shit, and it it, it was a lot happening in that episode, and it was so well done. It, it was so well executed. Yeah. Like I I felt every single aspect of it. Like it was it was so well done, and it was cool, but it was orchestrated nice. What you say? Oh, I was saying that it was, I was saying it's like you, you right. It was it was orchestrated real nice. Right. 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 And um whoever they cast it for Divine, perfect casting, man. Oh my god, yo. Perfect. That, yo, I yo, get this I like I followed him on Instagram. I became a fan of his right from the show. Cause he he played that character to the T. He did. Man, the mannerism to his his voice, all that. Like Person, he, he played that role real nice. Like, yo, mm-hmm. that's yo. He he really he really killed that role, man. And I hope to, and I hope to see him in any more stuff that he's in. Like, I hope he play more roles. Mm-hmm. And, that, and you can't forget Cherie, because because Cherie, she was breaking in like she was NYPD, just start. Yeah. She was kicking down that door. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Especially in the first season when, you know, we see the origins of Divine and how he was able to, uh, you know, make a living for his family. Word. But, 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 you, but fun, fun, fun fact, I, you probably know this, or you probably, you probably do know this, but you know that there was more brothers and sisters, though, in real life. There were, there were. Where if you watch if you watched of Mike's and Men then yes, yeah man like like because as a fan like I think that documentary I think that documentary definitely hits because you get the chance to see a real aspect of the wolf yeah but yeah man this but yeah man that episode right there I felt bad for Bond he even tend to celebrate his daughter's birthday nah he didn't he didn't. The wild part about it, that whole episode was wild. But it was great. It was very well made. Um, it was orchestrated real nice. It was it was really well put together. It was orchestrated real nice. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. Um, yes, shadow boxing. I think. Yeah, shadow boxing. Yeah, great episode. Next one. Let's go to the next one. Um, what'd you say? I was saying it's a classic song too. Oh, oh, that's one of my favorite songs. That's one of my favorite songs, which we're going to go into the next episode, Liquid Swords. Oh, my God. This one was insane. <laughs> this one was crazy. Speaking of uh, Shadowboxing, Shadowboxing is one of my favorite Wu-Tang songs, period. Not just off of Liquid Swords, but Wu-Tang, anything, is one of my favorites. Um, but yeah. Liquid, Liquid Swords is actually... My favorite Wu Tang solo album. Oh, that's that's definitely mine too, hands down. That's my favorite. It's, I think, I think I like it a little bit more than Cuban Links. Of course, I would because it's my favorite. Obviously, uh, a lot of people would choose Cuban Links over Liquid Swords, and that's cool. I understand, but Liquid Swords just, just is my favorite Wu Tang member for a reason. Like, it, yeah, just yeah, just is dope. I love. He's my favorite too. I love him. I love all members, but just a yo, he's the genius. He's a genius for a reason. Yeah, he shows you that. 
he shows you that. He does. Ooh, like he, like that episode right there. Yo, that episode right there is my favorite. Like, I, I know, I know, I say it's my favorite. I'm sorry, I just love the whole. I just yeah. love the whole season. Man. This, but, this is this. I have to agree with you. This might, this might be my, my favorite overall. This might be my favorite overall. Of all time. Yeah, I gotta think about it a little bit more, but this might be my favorite. Of the, might be my favorite of the season. That's a yo. I can't beef with that one because it's so for me. It's so many because it's hard to choose. But Liquid Swords is definitely up there. Like, oh my god, man! This is like like you said. This episode is crazy because it's like a playoff. And if you listen to the um the music in the um in the episode, mm-hmm. it emulates the joints from the album. Yeah, it it does. Like that, that, was, like, that was the his, point. Yeah, right. Like his, I, I I know it's the point, but for some people that just don't get it, because I saw so many comments, it's like, what's like, what is this? Because I saw it on YouTube, you know. But um, here's one good example. Remember when um, the part where they the the girls wherever they were was all on bikes and. They mm-hmm. was on like they was driving the members back to the torture chamber, I guess. Mm-hmm. And then you hear gold playing in the background. Oh, that was perfect, man. See, see, that was perfect. <laughs> I remember that, yeah. And that then you hear, then, right? And then you hear, if you're living in the world today, and like in a food yeah. form, yeah. And uh, what's another one? Like when. Like when just yo get this right during the episode when just started rhyming the joints like dude I am like I was rhyming, bro. And then, and then you saw Method Man doing shadow boxing, which emulates from the video. Yeah, I, see, I I knew I saw that somewhere. I knew I remember seeing that somewhere. You, you see, I, I told you like, and also the, you can't forget this part, uh, fourth chamber. Yeah, fourth chamber. The music video for that one where yeah. Ghost was in the makeup. Ghost was in the makeup. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but this, yo, but this one part I, I was so mad at. They ain't put Killer Priest. I mean, they ain't put Killer Priest part in there. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't think about that. That was. That was a little weird. Maybe it's because of timing. Like, true, because he, because he said the most infamous. Classic rhyme. I judge wisely, like if nothing never surprised me. Lounging between two pillars of ivory, that line alone. Like, and then you had, and also Freddie Gibbs was in that episode, which shot me. He was in that episode. It was great, though. It made sense. Son, that was very unexpected. It made made sense, though. Think about it. I mean, because you know, because you know, I don't really listen to him, but I mm-hmm. heard of Freddie Gibbs is dope. Freddie Gibbs, I think, is dope. Like his two albums he's, he's done with Mad Lib are some of like the best hip hop albums I've ever heard. Yeah. yeah, man, I'm not hitting on Freddie Gibbs, but Son definitely got a fan base. Ooh, oh, he, he, yeah, yeah, definitely. He definitely got a huge fan base. So, like, I got no, I got no ill will against that man. I really don't. But. I gotta admit, Son really played that role. He represented. I agree, man. And another, and another one is um, 
Yo, and another part was when Raekwon saw this mom passed away with no beach on and a crown. Mm-hmm. Yo, I ain't even going to front. I kind of got chills watching that part. Because he played that role to the T. The kid Shawan Moore, that's the name? Uh-huh. He, yo, he played that role. I have to agree, man. That, that's, that, was, that was incredible. Like, each, everyone in this episode really outdid themselves. Specifically, Rizzo. Rizzo wrote and directed this episode. And quite honestly, when I found out, I was not surprised. Like, this is, at, this, this feels like something that he would make. Right. Oh my God, yo, you read my mind. I was about to say the same thing because when I found out he was directed, I'm like, yeah, this is definitely Reza. And then not to mention the Wu Tang Cloud. Exactly. Like the Wu Tang Cloud, like everything, the Wu Tang Mountain and all that. Everything was like just perfect. And then the um, then the album cover. Oh my god, the album cover at the end, the freeze frame at the end. That's that's such a call back to old school Kung Fu flicks. Like and and then yeah, it, it's, it's the perfect marriage because you get the you get the uh the transition to the album cover. It was perfect, man. Yo, 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 you wanna know something crazy about that though, to mm-hmm. be honest? Yeah. The the infamous the album cover is my favorite from like, like that liquor swing album cover is my favorite. Mm-hmm. What I didn't know was that Jizzle was about to cut the dude's head off. <laughs> you didn't know that? You couldn't tell? No, because the thing was, like, I thought, like, because when Jizzle had, like, when he swings his arm, I know he was about to cut the dude's head off. I mean... I wasn't even paying attention. I thought it was pretty obvious when you look at the cover. I, I thought it was pretty obvious. I mean, yeah, I know now, but then I didn't know it. I'm like, because I was so busy fanning out. Like, yo, this is Wu-Tang, you see... The dude with the Wu Tang hoodie on, and you see him with the with the G on his arm. Mm-hmm. But I didn't get to the sword. Yeah. And then when I saw the sword, I'm like, "Yo, he about to cut that dude's head off," which means, which in other words, protect your neck. Exactly. And I'm like, "Got it. Come on now. Got it. Come on." But yeah, see, and it's a classic album. Yeah, the albums, like I said, my favorite Wu Tang solo album. But this, this episode is like the perfect visual encapsulation of that album like i couldn't have asked for a better episode there's this this episode is flooded with different wu-tang references and different kung fu film references like this like the original liquid talk album is filled with references like people like to compare it to shogun assassin and you know you can you can see it in this episode like the comparisons reign true Shogun is that? Oh man, yeah, mm-hmm. man. Like, like Shogun is that? That was a good one. That's, That's a, a good, good one. one. Like, cause like get this. After listening to Liquid Swords, I sat down and watched Shogun is that. Yeah, man. Listen to that. It kind of made me want to watch the Lone Wolf and Cub movies. Not necessarily Shogun Assassin, but the Lone Wolf and Cub movies. I grew up watching Shogun Assassin, but Shogun Assassin is actually the first two Lone Wolf and Cub movies like put together. Word. Yeah. Like, okay, like for me personally, Shogun Assassin was was from like this. That's the first movie I watched from the Source. But mm-hmm. after Into the Third Chambers, I watched it, the sample that it came from Shaolin vs. Wu Tang. And I fanned oh. down from the gate. Yeah, yeah. Like, I down from the gate. I'm like, so that's where that sample came from. Yeah. 
Exactly. But yo, a lot of people, yo, get this. Okay, protect your neck. Nobody don't know where that sample came from, but I do. I do too. Executioners from Shaolin. My bro. Hello. My bro. Hello. My bro. Hello. My bro. Hello. My dude. My dude. See, that's my man right there. He knows what time it is. Yeah, bro. That's one of my favorite martial arts films of all time, bro. I love Executioners from Shaolin. And they just slowed that part down. That was like when the part when um Hong Wing Ning was fighting Pai Mei. It was like the final fight, and Pai Mei knocked him out the door. That's what that sound effect what did... was. Yeah, but like, but but here's one part I was trying to figure out though. I got the fight sound down pat, but there's one part that I'm trying to figure out. Because that one wasn't slowed down. It wasn't. But the fight sound was. Yeah. The, the the fighting sound was, but the the charm, I call it the Shaolin charm. The right. um, Shaolin charm slow down. It was just the fighting sound was. Right. And that, and I didn't know and I didn't know that um, who was it? Pame, that knocked homeboy out the box. Yeah. I mean out the door. Yeah. Got it. Yeah, it was Pame. It was Pame. So, okay, got it, got it, got it. I was confused. I was confused at first. I'm like, okay, I want to make sure I got it right. Yeah, it was probably And um let's not forget the tiger style sample from Mr. Yacek's oh, also came from Executions from Shaolin. What chess boxing? Yeah, the song, like the song Mr. Chess Boxing, the Tiger style sample. No, it wasn't no 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 no. That's Wu Tang Clan. No, I'm no 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 no. I'm thinking about something completely different. That's uh Wu Tang Clan and nothing to fuck with. Excuse me. Excuse me. No, <laughs> it's cool. It's cool. Yeah. That that right there, that right there was wrong. That right there shot me. Yeah, yeah. And then I, what? Good. And then what I didn't know. I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry to cut you off. You good? What I? Okay. What I didn't know on chess boxing. Okay, I know the um the game of chess, the intro. Mm-hmm. I know, I know that's from I know that's from Shaolin versus Wu Tang. It is. But what I didn't know. Was the um, beginning the toast style is a mystery song, but from Five Deadly Venoms. Yep, it's from Five Deadly Venoms. I was like, so I was like, I, I thought the whole time I'm thinking it was from Shaolin vs. Wu Tang, but turns out Rizzo used two different samples. Yep, see, that's Rizzo for you, man. He, he, stroke of genius. You never know where Rizzo, man. Were stroke of genius, uh, man. That album liquid. Masterpiece. Absolutely. And this this episode I think was a masterpiece too. Like definitely my, Amen. my favorite, my favorite episode in the series. Um it, my I, favorite. I remember somebody saying on the internet was like, yo, if you're not if you're not if you're not up on the Wu Tang manual, you need to be because people are hating for no reason. Or they were? Or something like that. Like I think it was like you people who didn't like this episode need to go pick up the Wu Tang Wu Tang manual and learn something. Pretty much, you need to get up on, like, get up on some Wu. Like, come on, how do you want to hate that? It makes sense. I haven't even read the Wu Tang Manual, but honestly, you don't really need to read the Wu Tang Manual if you're number one a fan, and if number two, if you're a martial art film fan. Like, exactly. Come on, it's not that. Yeah, you gotta be exactly. Yeah, and, and like I said, like I said earlier, don't listen. Don't don't just listen to the beat. Listen to the lyrics. Yes. Especially the five percent stuff that they kind of snuck in there too. 
Yeah, they definitely got like yeah, they definitely got um like the mathematical five percent nation lives in there. Absolutely. And chess and also chess lyrics too. You said chess lyrics? Yeah, they got some chess like like they be sneaking some I think it's Rizza and Jizza. They be both sneaking some chess lyrics in. Yeah, I agree. Cause they both chess players and Master Killer too. Mm-hmm. And Master Killer, and I say this, Master Killer was ahead of his time when he said, give a sight to the blind, the dumb will most be intrigued by the drum. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That's perfect. But let's go to the next episode, my main. Yes. Liquid Swords. Next one. The next one up is After the Smoke is Clear. This one was good, too. This one was good. I, I wouldn't say that this one was my favorite, but this one was good. Uh, yeah, this one was good too. I mean, it's not my. It's, I was. I'm with you. It's not necessarily my favorite. Mm-hmm. But I feel like this one really got a a good aspect of Ghost. Yeah, because this this is when we really get to understand what was wrong with Ghost. Right, because it's like I guess from the looks of this, I guess what he did in his past, like his street life. Right. I, I guess what he did in the past finally like had him worry like the dude that he might have stuck up or this that a third mm-hmm. was going to catch up to him, mm-hmm. and like because he had like the Dell finally in the car he just start which oh. which he yeah yeah you know where I'm going with this yeah well, he started letting off while they in the car while they in the car he. Listen, before this episode came out, I remember Ghostface talking about him having a shootout with the Delphonics in an interview. In Drink Champs. It was Yeah, drink it was Drink Champs. I was like, wait, did that actually happen? And then you watch the oh. show, I'm like, oh shit, this happened for real. Yeah, it really did happen. Oh. And I'm like, yo, I'm like, Ghost is bugging out. He's really losing it. Bro. He just a Thunder decide to buck off while they in the car. You couldn't blame him, but come on now. Come on. Yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah, you can't knock him for that, but at the same time, it's like he was, I think he was just being straight up and down P-noise. Yeah, the, um, like you said, well, um, I guess what Ghostface did in the past kind of caught up to him, but you really can't knock him. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it gets you to be jealous. Mm-hmm. So it's like, but, his girlfriend did have a point. Cherie did have a point. Sure did, sure did, sure did. And then the thing like, like Yeah, like she did have a point. She was like, You can't let that street life, you know, get get away with what you got going on. The ghost wasn't trying to hit that. Right. She, and Rizzo. Go ahead. Oh, no, nah, my bad. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. And see, uh things like that really like Confirms my belief that uh, Ghostface is a Taurus for real because his birthday is right after mine. He was born on May 9th. I was born on May 8th. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. so let me get you guys those numbers too. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, you know, we both the same sign, so and we're known for being a bit stubborn, especially when we're upset. So that part I could re- relate to quite a bit. And whoever they chose to play Ghostface. <laughs> I couldn't have yeah. picked a better person. He may not look 100% like, like Ghostface, but 
the acting is just perfect. Like Word, right? Like, and, he he is by far like, my favorite cast member of the entire series. Like he nails Ghostface, bro. Yo, son do nail it, man. Like that's my man right there. He actually played that role to the T. Like I agree, cool. man. He he's amazing. Like, Word, he yo. And oh, and it's one thing we forgot to talk about what? in the prior episode. What? Remember how Ray? Remember how Raycorn and Ghostface started dressing like twins with them dope leather knit jackets? Mm-hmm. The protecting neck joints. Yeah. Tell me those fire. Those what? I was saying, tell me those were not fire. Oh, they were. They were. They were dope. Like that right there, and and plus on this episode, I think Rizzo was trying to like figure how to do the next album. Yeah, yeah, I, I think so. He's trying to figure out how to do uh, Wu Tang Forever. Um, and he had a different sound, and he hired these violinists and people who played in orchestras from different countries. Uh, and he was trying to figure out the sound for it, and it was a little weird seeing that, but it made sense. Yeah, that was kind of. I mean, it made sense, and I get what Vince was trying to do, like take it to the next level. Yeah. But I felt that Rizzo should have stuck to that format that got him there. That right, coming straight from the basement sound like he had a good thing going. Mm-hmm. And then also, Rizzo's moms come in, mm-hmm. and that's when she found out that she. And that's when I think they found out that they they mom was getting hit on by her dead boyfriend. Yeah, that was wild. <laughs> yeah, like. Yo, Vaughn was ready to go. Mm-hmm. Can, can you blame him? Can, can you blame him? Like, no. no. Not one bit. He was ready to go. He mm-hmm. was like, he was like, he was he was ready to go at it. But I'm glad the mom came to the senses, like, you know, don't do it. Yeah, because I mean, but that episode right there, like, especially the Indian when Assassination Day was playing. Oh my god! Oh my god. goodness, man! What? Oh my god, son! Even though, yo, even though Ghost didn't appear on that joint, even though I wish he did, that joint is my favorite from the Iron Man album. Oh, yeah, man. I, I don't know. I, that's one of my favorites, too. Man. I, Iron Man? I, yeah, Iron Man. It's from Iron Man. I can't even think, bro. Like, the Faster Blade, Iron Maiden, Fish. Um. Kamei. Kamei, Winter Wars, like, there's so many. Which, which Capadonna body went to war. Absolutely, man. Like, there's just so body many songs on that album. So many. Black, yo, on Black Jesus, Rizzo took us to church. Oh, most <laughs> definitely. That one was he interesting. Took us to that was right. I was like, I was like, okay, so I think what Rizzo is trying to do, he's trying to take us to church, ain't he? Yeah. <laughs> And one of the yo, yeah, one of the coolest things about this episode is that we see how Ghostface's album was like kind of rushed out because of all the things that he was dealing with, and plus RZA trying to create the new Wu Tang album. So, you know, it, it it wasn't we didn't really get an episode where um, we get to see Ghostface kill his vision for the album because he didn't really have one. Yeah, that's no. It's funny you said that too because Ghost had the same thing. You know what? Now I'm starting to think it. That's why why he liked the album because right. that's not his favorite album because he didn't really get a chance to get that vision that he wanted. Mm-hmm. Especially after coming off the hype of 
especially after coming off the hype of only built for Cuban Leaf. Exactly. Right. It's still a damn good album, though. Don't get me wrong. Like, oh, bro, I forgot about the song 260. 260 was a song oh my God. that was on repeat for a while. When I was listening to Wu-Tang in high school, like, that was one of my go-to Ghostface songs. Like, bro, such a vibe. Dog, oh my God, that's that's my favorite joint right there, 260. I love 260. Oh, my God, yo. Hey, here's another one, son. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure everybody played this joint when they got their heart broken. Man, loud, loud. I knew he was going to say wow. Bro, I swear to God. Bro, wild don't flower. even get me started with Wildflower, bro. Wait, bro, because I had some shit happen to me in, like, recent years since I've been to college, bro. And when I hear yeah. this song, <laughs> I be feeling ghosts. I be feeling ghosts' pain, bro. I mean, yo, I'm pretty sure every man did. I thought... Sure, when I broke up with my ex, like, when, when me and my ex broke up, I played that joint, like, over three times. Even though... I heard the song when I was younger. Mm-hmm. I didn't understand it. But as I got older, I'm like, yo, I feel this pain. Ghost was hurt. Bro. And that's exactly how we all felt that as men. Exactly. We all felt that. I fucked your friend. <laughs> he came from the gate. He, he hold no grudges. No, bro. <laughs> he, came, he came from the gate and just told him what it was. Exactly. Oh, man. But that episode, but that episode is a banger, though. That's a good one. That's a good one. Another episode where we get more clarity and we get into Wu Tang forever, and finally we get into the last episode, which is Triumph. Which honestly, I'd say it's the best episode of the season overall. Even though it's not my favorite, I still think this was a perfect right. way to end this series. Honestly, even though I do have some gripes, I feel like they kind of shoehorned in Capadonna at the last minute. You know. Because at the end of the day, you know, he's still a member of the clan at the end of the day, right? So I feel like I feel like they kind of shoehorned him in at the last minute. But um, even with that said, this was still a good episode. Uh, uh, I liked how everything I, came together. And, you know, it was really what stood out to me the most about it was the whole situation where um, they were trying to kick Wu-Tang off. It was like, no, y'all can't perform no more. Like, listen, and Divine was trying to you know, help maintain the yeah, show. But like, yo, sure. that's not which. That's not why we came here. That's not what the deal was. We gonna stay and perform. You know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that episode right there was like, for me, it was bittersweet because it was. It was the last episode. I mean, we got to that last episode quick, fast. We sure did, bro. We did, yo. We did, son. And um. That episode was really sweet because it's the last episode, and it was tensions kind of in the air. Mm-hmm. Like for like, because especially when we got to the concert part, right? Like, cause, like, cause they was um, what was it over a contract? Like the five year contract? Yeah, it was. It, it, was, it was a. It was over a contract. Right, and Rizzo was hurt. And then to see, like, and then to see them, like, all up on stage, like, even though they had beef with each other, but they bat each other up on that stage. I think, to me, that was amazing. Yeah, I agree. 
and seeing like that whole dynamic where he he was just Rizzo was just unsure on whether or not he really wanted to continue the Wu Tang shit, and it got to the point where it seemed like they were gonna perform without the Rizzo, you know? Right. Like, but Rizzo came out and killed that. He did. He did. He did. A lot Yo, of. let me ask you. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Let me ask something real quick. Yeah. We we never talk about this. What about the actor who played the Rizzo? Everybody always joke on him. What's your take on him? I like him. I like him. He 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 may he may he may overdo the accent just a little bit. But honestly, man, if you hear how Rizzo talks in real life, like that's not a that's not a big that's not a big complaint. You know? Yeah, it's not. It's not. That's, it's not. That's not, it's not. That's, so I understand where people are coming from, but like if you hear how the man talks, like, bro, like it's almost neck and neck. Yeah, it's it's at the head. Pretty much, man. Like you know, like it's it's at the head. You can't like and plus also even though Vince don't look like the exact person, but his no. eyes kind of give it away. Yeah, he really he really gets the the eyes the, the the eyes right. Like you know, as far as that body language goes, he really gets the eyes right. Oh my god, yeah, man, and yo, in this episode right here, especially with the orchestra. Perfect, man. The orchestra, the orchestra, like, created so much tension in the air. It did, bro. And then Dave, Dave East, and Dave East played as Method Man. What more can you say, man? I, I, I don't listen to his music, but he did play that role to the T. Yeah, honestly, I was shocked when I saw Dave East play Method Man. I was like, wait, this dude is carrying this role. Like, you know, I don't listen to a lot of Dave East either, but when I do hear him, I do like what I hear, but he's a good actor, too. He's a good actor. Yeah, he, he really is. Mm-hmm. But I was saying this, because I was saying this, if they, I was saying this before the show even popped over, I was like, if you want to find somebody to do Method Man, you really got to find somebody who got that, because Method Man got a deep, deep husky voice. Yeah. So if you want to, so if you want to find somebody to do him, you better find somebody to know how to do him right. And I don't, and they and Davies, even though he don't really, you know, kind of got it like that, but he got the mannerism and all that to the team. But yeah. I will say him. And the voice, too. He's got the voice for it. True, true. I'll give you that. He's, he, he does have he the does voice. It may be a little bit more raspy, but he, he, he's he got it. Yeah, I will say that. Yeah, I, I was about to say, I'm like, he, 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 he don't got it. I was, I was like, man, this dude don't got it, but... But on the other hand, now that I think about it, he does. Mm-hmm. You're right. Right. You can't I can't complain about that. You're right. Yeah, man. And this and this episode right here, Triumph was the perfect title for it because that stage performance and when the mic and when they cut his mic off. Yeah. And the dude and, and the dude was a jerk because a lot of people came here to see the wolf. Exactly. But they but without the without the lights and all that, they still turned it out. I agree. I agree. Dope episode. Not my favorite, but it's a dope episode. Yeah, it, that, that episode was great. It was great. I may have minor issues with it, especially with Capadonna, but overall, really dope. Really dope. Yeah, I feel like Capadonna was kind of throwing at the tail end of it. Yeah, he was. Yeah, yeah I agree. I, I feel like he was kind of... Yeah, I, now that you said that, I'm like, yeah, 
But I'm like, Capadonna is a part of the clan, you know. Exactly. He is a part of the member. He like he have he wasn't around in the Thirsty's Chambers, but he has been around like for the solo joint. Mm-hmm. Especially when it came down to um doing Iron Man and Wu Tang Forever. Right. Exactly. Yeah, so get him in his just due. Right. My point, my point. Um, yeah, that's uh, Triumph, and we've reached the end of Season 3. Uh, so let us go ahead and round out our final thoughts of Season 3, starting with you. What was your final thought? What are your final thoughts on Season 3? Well, I was pissed off because it's the last season. <laughs> now I'm going to Good. Overall, like, but on a real, um, this season was real dope for me because it finally caused to tell, like, it finally give you the inside depth of how all these classes album that we know and love came about, especially for us Wu-Tang fans. Exactly, I agree. Yeah, for us, for us Wu-Tang fans, it's like, yo, because we always focus on, like, we all ask ourselves, like, how they come up with this, or how they come up with, like, this particular song, or how did Ray Kwon came up with the mafioso name, and now we kind of got the inside of it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So I feel like this, like this season right here, even though it's the last season, and I'm still hurt by it. <laughs> even though it's the last season, I still, I'm still hurt. But I loved it, man. Overall, this is they, they came back with a bang. I agree, man. This was, a, this was a, uh, this was a great season. Um, I loved it. Yeah, me too. Me too. Um, this. Was this went into a direction I did not expect it to go, and that is, you know, with the, uh, you know, short films within the episodes, and but that's something that I really appreciated as a Wu Tang fan and as a martial art film fan. Um, I just wasn't expecting that, and that's something that I'll appreciate for a very long time. Um, I like this season as much as the first one. I think this one and the first one are neck and neck because I do have my qualms with it. It's not exactly as good as season two by any means, but yeah. th- this this, yeah. this this was still pretty damn good. And honestly, um, I think this was a, a solid finish to the series overall. Um, yeah, that's that's our thoughts on uh, Wu Tang Clan, Wu Tang, and American Saga season three. So ratings wise, this is how we do our rating system, right? So. We have, we, we do them by planets, right? If you're familiar with Star Wars, so the lowest planet being a Jakku, right? That is a, that's a one out of five, Jakku. The second one being, Jack- yeah, the second one being Hoth. That's a two out of five, right? The third one being, okay. the third one being a Naboo. That's a three out of five. The fourth one being, uh, what was the fourth one, man? Uh, the fourth one being a Bespin. <laughs> the fourth one being a Bespin, Cloud City. That's a four out of five. And then the fifth one being a Curacao. That is a five out of five. So what would you give Wu-Tang and American Saga season three? I give it a five out of five. So you give it a Curacao? Yep. And my reason why is because, like, not just because I'm a fan, but it also gives you, like, a deep insight. Mm-hmm. Like, give you a deep insight of, like, like I was saying earlier, like, not just the music, but also, like, what was they thinking about? Like, mm-hmm. what like what made them create this particular song or this particular album? So I think, so I think that also, also not 
kids and kids leaders are also the drama mm-hmm. that plays a part of it. So I think for me, it's a five out of five because if everything was on point, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying. So for me, like for me, it's 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 a five out of five, man. I can watch it over and over again. That's understandable. That's understandable for me. Um, I definitely enjoyed this very much. Um, some episodes stand out more than others, and I do have my qualms with it, especially with Capadon and everything. Um, with that yeah. being with that being said, I'll give this a best bet. That means I'm giving this a four out of five. I knew you was going to say that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm giving this a four out of five, man. It, this this was a this was a great season, even though it's not perfect by any means. I definitely enjoyed the hell out of this, and I would most definitely watch it again even if I do have my issues with it. Like I said, some episodes stand out more than others, and those episodes that do are fucking phenomenal. Yes, amazing. And and also the directors and also the writers that came up with the like, with the props for the like, the set for the show. Mm -hmm. Amazing. I have to agree, man. They definitely definitely should get big up. Yeah, Mario Van Peebles. Speaking of New Jack City. New Jack City, man. What were we just talking about? Come on. Come on, son. New Jack City, bro. Come on, man. That's wild. Like that, like I didn't even think about it. Cause one of the rest one of the rest is like Mario Van Peeble. And you just say New Jack City. Mm-hmm. Say word. Exactly. Exactly. Say word, man. That's, that's 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 amazing for the game. It's the connections, man. It's wild stuff. It's the connections. And also the Kung Fu movies, too. Like, RZA. Don't even get me started with the Kung Fu movies, man. Like, listen, I think RZA and I would have, like, an incredible conversation because him and I are both super Kung Fu nerds. Like, we know our Kung Fu movies. Like, for real. Work. So, every time I be listening to Wu-Tang and I I hear a Kung Fu reference, I always be catching it. Like, it's wild. A word? Yeah, like um, for example, um, oh, what was that? Um, was it um? I forgot. It was on Only Bro for Cuban Links. I think was it? No, it wasn't. It was on. No, no, no. I think it was on Takal. I think it was on Takal. He was like, I like to try a Wu Tang style. Oh, that's Thirty Six Chambers too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, that's Cuban Links. My bad. That's Cuban Links. Wait, okay, okay, because this, because remember the the two samples that's on Cuban Links too, like uh, yeah, uh, like because the sample that was on the cow wound up on be, being on Cuban Links for Guillotine Sword. I may still have my qualms with this um season overall, but this is this is still something I would go back and watch again. And we were, Mario Van Peebles, Mario Van Peebles, and the connections with New Jack City, and of course uh, we, we we were talking about um. Yep. Oh yeah, we, yeah, we sure did. Oh yeah, we were talking about that reference because I was catching the kung fu references. I was trying to reference the um, it was the song Guillotines off of um Cuban Links, where he was like, um, I like to try Wu Tang style. Let's begin, and it was the um, at least I think it was that. That was um. Oh, you probably thinking about the cow because that was on the cow. Yeah, that was the cow. You're right. Yeah, that was the cow. That was the cow. And I watched that movie recently. It was Ten Tigers from Quang Tong. And 
that Rizzo was just talking about that too. Yeah, and that's the movie where you see that fight scene where the bad guy had this golden mermaid statue type weapon and he yeah. was fighting the dude with it. And I'm just like, yo. Yeah. Like, I watched the movie for the first time the other day and I was like, yo, I- I've never seen nothing like that in a day in my life. Yeah, the dude put out a statue, like a gold statue after he was, after his Wu-Tang style was defeated. The Wu-Tang, like, I think it was a Wu-Tang sword. It was the Wu-Tang sword. Right, and he got defeated, and mm-hmm. his money pulled out the statue. Bro, only in the Shar- that was a Shar. Only in the Shar Brothers movie. <laughs> oh my god! And another, and yo, here's another kung fu reference. Yeah. Okay. Okay, on Brandon Ruckus. Yeah. Like that was the same sample on Brandon Ruckus. Mm-hmm. But this one question I always wanted to ask, like, if I ever be rich, I want to always want to ask him. What was that? You know, towards the end of the um, after Genesis finishes first, you hear the da 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 da. Like I always want to know what was that. Oh yeah, I don't know what that is. <laughs> I don't know what that is. Like oh my god, because like the, the samples that Rizzo was using, the kung fu samples, especially for Liquid Swords and Return to the Thirsty Chambers too. Mm-hmm. Which which was also the intro for uh, that album. If you really listen to the intro, that was from um, Shaolin Master Killer. You talking it's about Thirty Six Chambers? You talking about? What, I know that. What are you talking about? No, I was talking about um, the the sample from um, Old Dirty's album, the Kung Fu sample. If you listen to the intro, right before it led up to another song. Yeah, that was that was from uh, Thirty Six Chambers, Shaolin. Yeah, it was it was from the, it, yeah that was, it was from the intro. Yeah, like the like the intro that almost led up to I think Shimmy Shimmy I think yeah and um, yeah and I was like that that's some Shaolin Master Killer because I saw that one exactly it's like there are only thirty five chambers in Shaolin that cannot be thirty six or something yeah right that one yeah. I was like yo that's thirty six mm-hmm. I, I was like I was like yo that's that's Shaolin Master Killer like I'm. I don't know the Kung Fu that well, like Kung Fu place that well, but I know certain ones because Wu Tang put me on to them. Yeah, man. See, it was different with me because when I found out about Wu Tang, I was a little bit young, so I couldn't really listen to Wu Tang. However, my dad put me on to Bruce Lee, and I saw Enter the Dragon when I was about like four or five years old, and. Uh, that's one of the movies I could easily remember, like, vividly seeing for the first time. So, when I got old enough, I asked my mom on Christmas, hey, uh, in, uh, I, I, I want the blue, I want the Bruce Lee DVD box set for Christmas. And she was like, okay, I'll get, I'll get it for you. She got it for me, and I went down the rabbit hole of Kung Fu ever since. Like, and then... Like, do go ahead, Yeah, go ahead. I was like, do you practice Kung Fu? Yeah, he was, um, his master was Ip Man, and Ip Man was a practitioner of Wing Chun. Ah, okay. Yeah, okay, okay. and yeah, yeah, Wing Chun is, of course, a, a style of Kung Fu that originated from Shaolin Temple. Ah, okay, okay. And, well, and I... Go ahead. No, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, and the style was actually um, originated and created by a nun. Who passed it down to a female student by the name of Yin Wing Chun, which 
that's where the name comes from. Wing Chun is from the official curator of the style. Ah, yeah, it's a fe- nice it's a female oriented style, but it's been practiced by men for years. Wow, I didn't even know that. Yo, you blew my mind away. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, let me correct that. Centuries, because this is like over hundreds and hundreds of years ago. I didn't even know that, yo. That's crazy. Yeah. You just dropped the bomb on me. Hmm? I was like, you just dropped the bomb on me. I didn't even know that. Yeah, man. There's actually two movies out there about the Wing Chun origins. There's a movie called Stranger from Shaolin that came out in 1977. And there's a movie called Wing Chun that came out in 94 with Michelle Yeoh. It's a Yin Wu Ping right. flick. That one I recommend more than Stranger from Shaolin, but both are worth a watch. What about what about The Mystery of Chess Boxing? Not the song, The Mystery of Chess Boxing. The song? What do you mean? No, the movie. The movie. Oh, yeah, yeah. I've seen the movie. I've seen the movie many times. I see that, yo, I see that one where I'm like, now I understand, because when I saw Ghostface Killer, I'm like, mm. yo, Ghostface Killer. That's where I'm you got it about... from. And I was like, okay, because Ghostface, yo, that name Ghostface Killer is a hard name alone. Yes. And I'm like, and I'm like, okay, now I see where he got it from. And it, and I was like, now I understand why he was on the song. The only, mm-hmm. only difference is in the video, he had a mask on. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, now it all makes sense. But as I looked at the Kung Fu flick, I was like, yo, this dude goes to his killer is reckless. Because he, because they, I think because they killed him, but but like some like some bad years later, he came back and started catching wreck on everybody. Nah, I don't think that's the case. Because he, he died for real. <laughs> in mysterious checks boxing. But see, with a lot of these movies, they use some of the same actors for different movies, and they use some of the same makeup for different movies. So, I don't think that was really the case, because Ghostface Killer never came back. That that man was dead. Oh, really? Yeah. Did, oh, I got, it. I got it wrong, then. My fault. No, you're you good. You're good. It's just like, that's what I was saying. Like, some of, some of these movies use a lot of the same actors and some of the same makeup, so... Uh, you know, they may look like the same character that they played in this movie, but it's not. That's not the case. Okay, so it all makes sense now. I I was confused. I'm like, yo, I'm like, yo, this dude, this dude is serious. Yeah. But now, now that you, now that you bought it, now that you bought um, shit light on it. I'm like, okay, now I got my fast wrong. Yeah, man, it's straight though. Uh, Mystery Chess Box is one of my favorites, so I, I love that movie. I love the song. <laughs> uh, the, the song is dope too. To get me wrong, with the movie's fucking fire. Yeah, the movie is fire. I will yeah. say that. that that movie I can I can watch over and over again. Me too, I like man. That. Like, cause I grew, cause the thing is, my uncle, like my uncle, he um, yo, he got mad kung fu flicks. Bro. Like he got Shaolin vs Wu Tang. He got um, the Drunken Master. Like he got like movies, movies on videotape. And that's how I was able to um, catch up on the um, Kung Fu flicks. Yeah, man. That's how it is with me. I got the DVDs and the Blu-rays, man. I don't have the tapes, but I have the DVDs, you know? Yeah, <laughs> the DV. Yo, do people still use DVDs anymore? I guess I guess some people still do. I know I do. I do, too. I yeah, do, too. Man. I have tons of 
I, I love physical copies. One thing I love is physical copies. I can't streaming is cool, but physical is better. Yeah, because there's there's nothing like it. It's tangible, and you know, you don't you don't really need to rely on a connection like a streaming right. service for any of that stuff at all. Yeah, streaming service is not always tend to be what it is. Because sometimes you got to rely on certain sources, got to rely on certain things just to, you know, say to make it make a certain certain like site work. Mm-hmm. You can't begin. You can't begin with Netflix without using the, without using Wi Fi. Exactly. That's exactly my point. And with DVDs, you don't really need all that. And, uh, Say it again, bro. Say it again, bro. Come Get on, man. Uh, exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Let's go ahead and wrap this up, man. It was great having you on board. You made a great guest to talk about a great show. Uh, I appreciate you for coming along, man. It's been a it's been a nice one. Oh man, yo, D, bro, it's yo, it's an honor for having for you even having me on this show, man. I gotta say, I've been since, I've been rocking with you since day one. You were a good, solid dude. Yeah, man. Shout- and yo, and man, and man, and I gotta give a man shout out to the whole Galaxy of Film crew for even having me on here. You know what I'm saying? No doubt. So word up! It's an honor. It's, it's an honor. It's a privilege to be on here. And yo, I hope this yo, I hope this show gets bigger than gets bigger than a spaceship, son. Because this show got mad potential for real, for real. I appreciate that, man. I appreciate. it. Thank you so much. And with all it's that, so- what you say? I say, so love, so love. For sure. With all that being said, um, make sure you guys be on the lookout for um, the new short film from Galaxy of Film, No Vex, written and produced by Tyler Jansen and directed and shot by our very own Max Wood. Um, be on the lookout for those film news um, um, as soon as possible. And also, I just got done um, co-directing a short film on my campus Um Benedict College in Columbia, South Carolina. It's called Unhappy. Um, we're looking toward putting out the film soon on YouTube, so be on the lookout for that. We just had our premiere um, in the city, so um, that was a great experience. Being, you know, my first directorial effort, it was it was really eye opening, and I'm looking forward to making more films in that in that realm. Um, so, with all that being said, this was a great episode. At least I think it was. Admits all the technical difficulties we had. Razor Blade, thank you once again for um, being a part of this and accepting an invitation. This was great, man. Oh, man, it's an honor, man. I, and I appreciate you, D, man. I appreciate you a lot, my bro. Most definitely, man. And with all that being said, thank you guys for listening. Only the best for a galaxy of film. Stay tuned and stay blessed.